was pushing him out and as I'm pushing him out I'm like I don't want to have this baby right now I don't want to like I don't know that I can love him you know just because of what we were dealing with I was like I just don't know how I can do this you know he came out and went on my chest and it was like immediately in love hi I'm Danielle welcome to the birth journeys podcast it is my belief that our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight, tools, and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Welcome back to the Birth Journeys podcast. I'm Danielle, and I'm so excited to have Ashley on the show with us today. She's going to be sharing all about her birth journeys. Hey, Ashley, how are you doing? Hi, good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for coming on and being willing to share your stories with us. Of course. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm Ashley. I currently live in Texas. We've been here for two years now. Um, I was born and raised in Canada and then found my husband in Minnesota and moved there for almost eight years. And yeah, now we're here. Um, We've had six pregnancies, um, four um, full-term births, and two miscarriages. Um, And yeah, I'm... Right at the moment, um, the last few years, I guess, have been kind of struggling with infertility, but um, was blessed with my first three in two and a half years. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of a, it's been a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it. So tell me about how your birth journey started. Did you always want to be a mom or what did that look like for you? Um, so actually growing up, I was always like, I'm never getting married. I'm never having kids. (laughs) (laughs) I had like no desire for that life. I don't know what I planned on doing. (laughs) I was just kind of like, yeah, no, not for me. Not my thing. Um, and in my area that I grew up in, I mean, I had, I came from a really large family in my area. So, um, there were six kids in my family. Um, or five at the time, I guess. And yeah, it just, it didn't, I liked having the siblings, but it was just not really what I was picturing for myself. Um, And then I met my husband when we started dating when I was 15 and he comes from a family of 12 kids. (laughs) And then um, the church that we attend, the background, I know you know about it, but um, just big, big families. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to have tons and tons of kids. And, you know, we weren't that serious yet. And I was kind of like, okay. (laughs) But, you know, as we got more serious and we're, you know, looking, it was looking more like we're for sure getting married. I don't know, something in me just changed. I mean, I think it was um, the Lord just telling me, like, you know, this is your calling. You're going to be doing this. And so then that desire, you know, came (laughs) and... I just wanted all the babies that he was willing to bless me with. And so um, we, yeah, we got married and um, got pregnant 
immediately. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, I don't know if you want me to start like talking about the birth right from there or what? Well, actually, why don't you tell me about your pregnancies? Um, you can share maybe like how you found out you were pregnant or maybe how you told your husband or just whatever you want to share about it. So, yeah, like I said, I got pregnant right away. Um, I did not find out for a few months because I had what I thought (laughs) was my period three times, um, while I was pregnant. And so I just kind of assumed, you know, obviously I'm still getting my cycle, so I can't be pregnant. Um, and then one of my friends had come over and she had said something about how she had spotted and then she took a test and she was pregnant. And I was like, Hmm, I was having more than spotting, but you know what? I'm just going to take, I'm just going to check just for fun. And so I took a test and I was like, um, what? (laughs) (laughs) It was positive. And, um, you know, so then went from there and I knew I wanted to do home birth and so found a midwife and, um, yeah, just started seeing her at, I'm trying to think it was shortly after I found out I started bleeding really, really heavily. And, um, I called my midwife and she told me to call the hospital. So I called the hospital and they said, Oh, you know what? You just, you're having a miscarriage. Just stay on the toilet. And I want to say I was around 13, 14 weeks at this time. And they said, you're just having a miscarriage. Just stay on the toilet. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> Are you serious? Like, this is how they're just like, you know, oh, yeah, just another day. <laughs> and I'm here just like devastated. And I mean, it was crazy. It was a lot. And um, so an ultrasound, I think it was the next day or a couple days later. And that ultrasound tech was kind of rude. And he wouldn't like say anything and so I'm thinking you know it's bad because I know sometimes the technicians aren't allowed to like say you know Mm -hmm. that you lost your baby or anything but he wasn't saying really anything and he said you'll have your results in a couple days and I was like oh my goodness so um went home and then ended up getting our results and baby was totally fine oh wow um I had placenta previa and um, with that can cause like blood pockets to form and then pop, you know, when you move and then my midwife, which I don't have confirmation of this and never will, but she thinks that because of the excessive amount of bleeding that I probably also lost a twin during that time. Um, but you know, I never saw anything, so I don't know for sure. Um, so I continued to bleed throughout my entire pregnancy pretty heavily it was pretty scary and so I was on bed rest for most of the time um and then my water broke at 34 weeks and um I was at home and you know it wasn't weird to see blood with that for me because I had been bleeding the whole time but I called my midwife and she said you know what you can't do a home birth with this so you have to go to the hospital you're too early and you know with all of the um, issues, you need to go to the hospital. So that was my first, you know, big, (laughs) big, big downer of what started wrecking my plans, you know, that I had made up in my head. So quickly, before we get into the labor, um, you said you had placenta previa. 
Would you want to explain what that is just in case um, someone might not know what that is? Yes. So um, it's when like the placenta is over your cervix. So you can't deliver vaginally that way um, because if you were, it would tear it and, you know, baby would lose oxygen and you could bleed to death. So um, you and baby are both at risk there. Okay. And I know sometimes it can resolve on its own. So did yours resolve on its own? Yeah. So actually, um, a couple days before he was born, it moved just enough um, to where I was able to have him vaginally. Oh, wow. But, yeah, it was, we just kept monitoring because, you know, I was obviously hoping for a home birth. So I just kept waiting and waiting and praying and hoping that that would happen. Um, and so I got to the hospital that was close to us. We live, we used to live pretty far from a hospital. Um, the closest one was like, between, I don't know, 30 to 40 minutes away from our house. And it was not a big one. So bigger ones were two to three hours from our house. Um, so I went and they started monitoring me and the doctor was decent. That was there first. And, you know, he was kind of listening to me. Um, we choose not to do any um, of the like shots or eye ointment or anything like that. And so that's another reason I chose to do home birth in the beginning because I didn't want to have to, you know, deal with fighting with doctors and nurses on that. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so he, there was a little bit of that with him, but not too bad. And then, um, he said, you know what, it's fine. Everything looks okay. Baby's measuring, I, you know, good enough that I think that you can have the baby here. There was no NICU there, but he figured, you know, it looks good enough that you can have the baby here. And um, so that was going on. And then it was probably, um, I want to say six hours or so later, he was getting off of shift and I wasn't progressing a lot. You know, I wasn't dilated a whole lot. And he just said, um, I'm going to have them call me if things start to progress. And um, if not, then I'll see you in the morning. So he left. This other doctor came in and... I think she basically looked at me and decided, like, I don't feel like dealing with this. <laughs> and she hooked me up to pit right away. So Pitocin um, for inducing because it wasn't progressing to her standards. <laughs> and it still wasn't going fast enough. And then she decided that I was too early. So she actually shipped me off to a hospital um, almost three hours away. So I had to get taken off of pit then and go to a hospital in an ambulance and got there and then you know get thrown into a whole nother array of things that I was not prepared for <laughs> so um I was actually in labor they put me on pit again there there and I was in labor for a total of three days which um is not too so uncommon for my family my mom deals with the same long long labors so <laughs> I kind of went in expecting that part of it, but, um, yeah, it just, the doctors were pretty pushy and you could tell they were just like ready to get me out of there. And so <laughs> when it was coming on to the third day, he told me, if you do not have this baby, cause my body just was not progressing. And he said, if you do not have this baby by 10 AM or whatever, I think that's the time he told me 10 AM tomorrow morning. Um, we will be having a C-section. And 
you know, this is me. I'm like 19 years old, first time mom. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, like, I don't want to do this, but you're telling me I have to, you're telling me I'm going to die. You're telling me my baby's going to die. You know, I'm just listening kind of. Um, and so just praying and praying that it would happen. He came the next morning at like nine something in the morning. I had my baby. And I was just like, thank you, Lord. I got to have him vaginally. And that was a huge, huge blessing. But um, then, you know, we got to deal with the NICU stay and all of that stuff. So your baby did end up needing NICU time? Um, In my opinion, <laughs> he didn't need the NICU time. So he never needed help with oxygen. He never needed help really with anything. They put a feeding tube in him because he wasn't eating up to their standards. But knowing what I know now, I would have really pushed a lot harder to go home when I knew like he was healthy. You know, if there was other issues, obviously I would want them taken care of, but, and he was eating fine and um, it was just they had, you know, their protocol that they had to follow step by step by step. And so um, I was scared and tired. So I kind of just let them push me around a little bit. Yeah. They sent somebody into the NICU. We were there for two weeks. They sent someone in every single day to try and convince me to um, do the vaccines that I had denied. And so that was really another reason that was like, really, really pushed me for home birth for future, for my future kids. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why they have to be so pushy on the things when you're the mom and you know what you want yeah. and, um, you know, it's, it's your choice to, to do what you want. I don't know why they have to try to push things. <laughs> so you said that he came in and you had your baby. Um, did you have an epidural or anything or did you? No, sorry. I didn't. Um, nope. I've done all of mine. Um, without any pain meds. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when he came in, did he check you and you were ready to push or what did the delivery look like? So, um, the night before when he had told me, if you don't have this baby by morning, we're doing a C-section. I was at a nine and a half. Oh, okay. And I stayed there for about 12 hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, um, they told me because right before I started actually pushing my son out they told me you're not at a 10 yet you cannot push don't push don't push don't push and I got those you know that urge and I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just started pushing and he was out from the time I started pushing he was out within 20 minutes I uh ended up he was only five pounds but I think because he went so fast and there, you know there was no intervention like when you have midwives they'll stretch you and stuff like that obviously the doctors aren't doing that typically um, so he came so fast out that I think that's why I tore so horribly. So I tore really bad. Um, so I didn't even get to see him really. They stuck him on my chest really quick, you know, while they, um, were cutting the cord and stuff, but I was just so out of it. I had been having a baby for three days. <laughs> I was just exhausted. And so they took him off to the NICU and they stitched me up and, you know, after they were like, you want to go down to see the, your baby or do you want to eat? And I was like, I want to eat. <laughs> yeah. I was just so tired. But yeah, that sounds so exhausting. <laughs> yeah, I went and saw him and he was 
perfectly healthy and fine, but they just wanted to monitor him, you know, because he was so early. Yeah, that was, that was my first one. And so how was your immediate postpartum? What was it like? Um, And I always like to ask about the placenta too, because that's something that I always feel like is way too handled in the hospital. Um, They kind of try to manage that whole thing (laughs) and it's a natural process Yeah, um, or should be. So they let me push it out and everything, but it was definitely, it was all like a rushed process for Mm, sure. Like it, I, I mean that whole um, time was kind of just like a blur to me because I was so tired and it went so fast. Mm, Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if that could have done with some of the tearing too. Mm. Um, Yeah. I don't think I've ever really heard of that, but I guess it could because you pushed it out. Yeah. I'm not sure. So how was your recovery then? Did you have stitching and stuff? Yeah. So I had stitching um, and then I got, you know, discharged from the hospital, I think a day or two after. And so we just stayed at, there was like some, not Ronald McDonald house, but something kind of like that, you know, across the street from the hospital, we got into there. And um, so I was able to like pump and bring milk to him and whatever, but it was pretty bad. Like a couple of days after I swelled up so bad. I don't know what it was from, but I swelled up so, so bad. I couldn't even like bend down. My ankles were like <laughs> ready to pop. Well, and I'm sure too, that like having a baby in the NICU and having to go back and forth and you're not able to just sit and rest. So I'm right. sure that it takes a toll. Yeah, no, it was a lot. And, um, I mean, emotionally, it was like, I had never dealt with that kind of stuff before. And I did not expect it. Like, I know my mom did not have the things that I was experiencing. I had never seen her experience that stuff. You know, the postpartum, I guess it was depression or, yeah, (laughs) it was just like, I had no idea what was even happening. Yeah, I think that that's just kind of really common when you have an experience like that. Um, unfortunately it happens all the time, but, um, but yeah, I think that's just kind of something that comes along with having an experience like that. Yeah, no. So it was like a really, I just remember just crying and crying and crying and it was just not fun. (laughs) Yeah, no. But then, um, when we got to go home, still even the recovery after that I don't know if it was like me not resting enough or just bad stitching or what but I honestly feel like I didn't heal from that stitching until after I had my second baby (laughs) it was like it yeah it hurt me for a long long time um granted I did get pregnant (laughs) three months. I found out I was pregnant three months after I had my first baby. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, um, that could have to do with the lack of healing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that could do it too. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was just crazy. I mean, I remember leaving the hospital and I told my husband, I was like, don't ever let me forget how horrible that was. I am never doing this again. (laughs) And then, I mean, when I got pregnant with my second baby, uh, I was like excited. Like I wanted to, I wanted to, I was excited about it. It wasn't, 
it's just funny how fast you get over those. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep, totally. But yeah, so um I don't know if you want anything else on that first one or move on. I mean that one was definitely the most like traumatic. <laughs> yeah, no, you can move on, whatever you want to share. Um so then finding out I was pregnant with my second was super exciting. I was still I think probably dealing with some postpartum from my first, but um probably took a little bit off of my mind, you know, thinking about this next pregnancy. And so um, I didn't know what I wanted to do because I wasn't totally happy with my first midwife and she was nice and everything, but it just like wasn't a perfect fit. And then I definitely knew I didn't want to go back to the hospital. And so I was just kind of waiting and seeing if I could find a different midwife. And I hadn't really decided on anything yet. And um, around 20 weeks, I still hadn't gone and seen anyone. (laughs) (laughs) And I started feeling like the same feelings because after my first, they never had any reason, like they could never tell me why he came early or why I had the issues that I had. There was like no explanation. Mm. And so, um, my second, I started kind of feeling like I was dilating around 20 weeks. And so I found this new midwife. I contacted her. She came and saw me. So this was like the first time I was being seen. And um, she said, well, you're already dilating. You know, you're already at a two and you're only 20 weeks. So that's not good. Um, and that with spotting and stuff, she's like, "I, you have to go on bed rest. So um, again, with my you know, at this point, how old would he have been around six months or something? (laughs) My first baby, I had to go on pretty strict bed rest, I could get up to go to the bathroom. And that's about it. Um, And a little bit further into the pregnancy, then she put me on inverted bed rest. So you actually have to have like, pillows, you know, um, behind underneath you so that you're actually like, tilted upside down more. Mm. Um, so that was fun because that definitely enhances your heartburn. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Acid reflux. So I had a lot of throwing up due to that stuff. But um, yeah, I and then that's when I found like a lot more, did a lot more looking into like natural stuff and what could help me stay pregnant. And I found um, Young Living, which helped me like tremendously, oils and stuff. And then the bed rest and, um, I came off of bed rest. I think I was 30. She told me to stay in bed on bed rest till I was 38 weeks, but at 36 weeks, I was like, bag it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm done with, I'm done with this. I can have my baby now. Oh my goodness. So you were on bed rest from 20 weeks to 36 weeks. Yep. Wow. (laughs) That's a long time. Yep. And so, um. I was just like, you know what? I'm sick of this. I don't care if I have my baby four weeks early. I'm not laying in bed anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I don't blame you. (laughs) So, oh, and also at that time, she had had me go um, see a doctor because she wanted a second opinion, you know, on my dilating stuff. And I had gone in for an ultrasound and this doctor checked me out and he said, well, you can't have this baby at home. You have to go to the hospital because this baby is going to be way bigger than your first baby and because you tore so bad 
you are way too small. There's no way you can have this baby vaginally at home. So you need to be at a hospital. And um, I went back to my midwife and had told her that. And she said, don't ever go and see him again. (laughs) (laughs) That's a wise midwife. Yes. (laughs) And that was the best advice ever. Another thing she was had done for me is tested a bunch of my levels right away when I told her about my first experience and then what I was going through with the second. And my progesterone was like non-existent. Like my levels were just low, low, low. And I don't even know honestly how I got to that point in pregnancy with how low my progesterone was. So typically even people that have low progesterone, when they go on a supplement of progesterone, um, they usually go off of it around, I'm trying to think of what the weeks are. Um, I was on progesterone for two of mine and, um, cause I had a little subchorionic hemorrhage yep. and I'm pretty sure I came off it around 14 weeks. So yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking around 14, 16 weeks, something like that, because typically at that point, your body takes over and makes its own progesterone. Um, mine doesn't. <laughs> and so we had to find a different kind of progesterone that I could take throughout the whole pregnancy. So these were like um, injections, shots that I had to take into my back. Oh, wow. Um, so that's what I was taking. And so between that and, you know, all the natural remedies I had found in bed rest, when I came off at 34 weeks, I was thinking like, okay, I'm off. I'm probably going to have this baby tomorrow. You know, I'm way dilated. She's coming out. <laughs> And I went overdue. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Which is good. But at the time, I was like, are you kidding? Uh, Yeah, that's how it goes. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, that just proves it. Babies come when they're ready. So (laughs) (laughs) It's Uh, all on their watch, not ours. Yeah. (laughs) So how did labor start for this one? So... Um, I'm trying to think my water did not break actually until she was coming out. (laughs) So I didn't have any, you know, for sure, for sure signs. Um, it just kind of started. I called my midwife. We kind of figured, you know, we don't need, don't need you here probably right away because I take a long time (laughs) or that's, you know, from the first one, that's kind of what we had experienced. So, um, she did come and check me and Um, I think my labor with her was 16 or 17 hours, um, which is a lot shorter than three days. (laughs) So it felt, it felt very quick. Um, I ended up pushing for three and a half hours with her, which was pretty miserable, but I think it really helped in like the healing and everything after because it took so long. And my midwife, she was like not pushing anything and she was stretching me out, you know, the whole time. And, um, yeah, she came out and she was eight, six. So a few pounds bigger than my first one. And when she came out, I said, you know, did I tear? And she said, no, you didn't tear. And I was like, what? Check again. I had to have torn. They told me I couldn't even do this. There has to be tear. No way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there was none, and it was just awesome. You know, they let let the cord run out, and um, got to deliver the placenta when I felt like I was ready to, and 
I'm, you know, I'm expecting them to like, just rip my baby off of me and weigh her and all these things. And they were like, Oh, whenever you're ready, let her eat. And then <laughs> it was just a world of a difference. Oh, that's so special when you get to experience that bonding. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I haven't even gotten to fully experience that yet because I've only had hospital births. So I just, yeah, that's something I really want to experience for myself. Yes. I highly, highly recommend it. It was, it was amazing. And I think, you know, just having the midwife that I had too, she's just, she was awesome. And obviously she was in Minnesota. So now I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> I asked her next time I get pregnant, do you want to come to Texas? <laughs> but it's so good when you have a provider that you click with. Yeah. That's so important because in the hospital system, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of cycling through doctors and you just never know who you're going to get. <laughs> right. And like the fact that she, you know, took the time to try and find out what my issues were with my previous pregnancy or this one, you know, the one that I was having. Um, and like, actually deal with the issue rather than just like, well, we don't really know. We'll just see what happens. (laughs) And so she had told me, you know, next time you get pregnant, you call me immediately and we will get you on this progesterone right away. So how was the immediate postpartum with this one? Since you didn't tear or anything, how was your recovery? Um, The recovery physically was awesome. I was like, I remember sitting up in the bed, I had my legs all crossed and like I had visitors coming in and they were like, um, <laughs> didn't you just have a baby? There was church. Actually, I had her at, um, it was like around three or four in the evening. And then there was church that night at like eight. And I was kind of, I was looking at my husband and I'm like, should we go to church? <laughs> and wow. he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. I didn't want to go to church for like probably two months after I had my first one I was so sore you must have felt so good I was just like you want to go and he's like um (laughs) maybe you should wait I'm like bring everyone over everyone comes here (laughs) it was so different and we moved we actually moved two days after she was born and I never could have done that with my first one oh yeah wow it was like way way different um so different so what about mentally Mentally, it was horrible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of things going on, too, at the same time. Like I said, I grew up in Canada, so I still didn't have any paperwork. Like, I couldn't go back home. Um, so I hadn't been home for a couple of years, and um, I was just kind of lonely. And, you know, we lived in a really, like, small town, and I didn't really know a lot of people. And it was just a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, moving and whatever. So I had pretty bad postpartum, actually even worse probably with her. And I think it was just compiled, you know, it was piled on top of the previous one too. Cause this is all in like just over a year's time. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. And then, um, six months later, I found out I was pregnant with my third baby. (laughs) Yeah. So you definitely didn't have fertility issues then. (laughs) No, no, not at all. And, um, that's why it's like, it's so crazy now to be dealing with infertility because, you know, God just shows you things in so many different ways that you wouldn't choose for yourself. (laughs) But 
you know, in those years, it was just like, oh my goodness, you know, I wanted these babies and I was thankful every time and, you know, all of that stuff, but it was just like, oh, <laughs> I'm so tired. When am I, you know, my body's dead. When am I going to get a break? Like, oh man. So how far apart are your, um, second and third? Um, they were 13 months apart. And then, um, the next two would have been, so I was six months when I found out, um, or she was, sorry, she was six months old when I found out I was pregnant with my third. So that would have been, I'm like blanking here. Yeah. That's too much math. Let's just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Let's not expose our lack of math skills here. Oh man. Anyway. Yeah. 18 or so months apart. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so yeah, actually his pregnant. So that third one, his pregnancy went really well. I found, I went to that same midwife. I got on that progesterone right away. I did all of my natural remedies with it. And, um, it was really good. Um, at when I was 34 weeks, we actually lost our second child in a drowning accident. And so, um, then things, you know, kind of changed a little bit there, but, or I shouldn't say a little bit, I changed everything, but, um, yeah, so I was 34 weeks and my midwife, she tried to, she's like, after the funeral and everything, I really, cause during the, um, viewing and the funeral, I was having a lot of contractions and I was like, Ugh. like, I couldn't think of anything worse than like going into labor before her, fun- you know, not being able to go to her funeral or something like that. And my midwife was like, if you make it through this, you need to go on bed rest, like immediately after the funeral. And, um, obviously I didn't listen to her. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't listen to her because that was not like a concern in my mind at the moment. Um, so I just continued going on as normal. And, um, one thing that I'm really happy that she convinced me to do, and I actually, I'm trying to think, did I do it with, no, she had mentioned it with um, Camry, my second, she had mentioned placenta encapsulation. And I was like, ugh, gross. Never. <laughs> and then um, she had mentioned it with my third, especially after Camry had died. She said, I really think you should do this placenta encapsulation. You've dealt with postpartum depression. Your ba- like your daughter just died. You're about to have a baby. You have to encapsulate your placenta it's like really, really good for postpartum. And so I was still kind of hemming and hawing a little bit, I think. And, um, we had a little bit more grief happen to my sister. My little sister died a week before I ended up having him. Um, so two deaths pretty close in my family within, you know, five weeks and then having a baby a week after I was like, ugh, I didn't even want to do it. And he actually went, um, five days overdue. And, you know, everybody kept asking, they were like, oh, I'm sure you're so ready to be done. You're so ready for him to come out. And I was like, no, (laughs) he can stay in there forever. (laughs) I'm not ready for this. Um, So it was actually a huge blessing that I went overdue with him. But also another amazing pregnancy because I didn't, you know, with, I feel like without those progesterone shots, I don't know 
how long I could have gone. Um, so yeah, anyways, he came, um, I did do the placenta encapsulation and well, the most amazing part about that is I actually didn't even need to use those. (laughs) I think we were being like, so carried in prayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, the typical person, (laughs) I don't think has that many people praying for them after they have a baby. (laughs) And so it just really, really carried us. And I did not deal with postpartum depression or anything after him, which is crazy. Um, but his birth, you know, his birth overall went good. Um, it was 23 hours, my labor. And I think I pushed for like an hour and a half. So not crazy. It was like a pretty, I'd say average birth for me. Um, and it was not as easy as um, my second's birth, but it was definitely easier than my first. And then just, you know, the relaxing environment and all that stuff. And just to be at home with all those emotions that we were dealing with was just amazing. You know, I'm like, I was pushing him out. And as I'm pushing him out, I'm like, I don't want to have this baby right now. I don't want to like, I don't know that I can love him, you know, just because of what we were dealing with. I was like, I just don't know how I can do this. And, you know, he came out and went on my chest and it was like immediately in love (laughs) and it was just such a crazy like I just felt like oh my goodness this is exactly what I need right now and so it was super special to just be home for that like I don't know if I could have soaked it in as much if I was at a hospital so that was really cool um and my midwife was awesome and just kept checking in on me afterwards and it was really, really good. So you said you didn't end up needing the placenta pills? So did you just not even bother taking them at all then? Yeah, no, I tried them once just to see. <laughs> and they were crazy. Like, I was like, these are like some crazy unicorn magic happy pills. Like, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> what funny. these are. But I mm. didn't need them. And so I was like, okay, these made me feel really good. And I already feel good. So I'm just going to like hoard them. <laughs> And so you can actually keep them in a deep freezer, like forever, if they're stored properly. So I have them just in like pill bottle and um, they're stored in my freezer. (laughs) So with the placenta pills, can you take them even if you're technically not postpartum? Can you like take them for regular post or regular depression? Um, I would say yes. I don't know. Like medically, I don't know. But I would for sure. If I was dealing with, I would definitely, um, my midwife said that she's like, if you don't use them now, she said, save them for menopause because they're really amazing for menopause. And I was like, how do you know that? (laughs) (laughs) Did you take some? (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I'm just like, sure. I'll just keep them in there. Yeah. Might as well. Um, and then that's kind of where I think my fertility issues had kind of started um, or I guess infertility issues. <laughs> and, uh, it took quite a while to get pregnant well, for me, you know, in my, in my mind, it took me a while to get pregnant with my next pregnancy because, um, I had been pregnant, you know, three months postpartum and then six months postpartum. And I was just kind of expecting that for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, I didn't get pregnant until 
um, I'm trying to think, I think he would have been about 15 months old. So over a year. Yeah, that is a big difference, you know, compared to your other ones. Yeah, over a year. It was crazy. And like, I didn't get my cycle back normal, like I normally would have, you know, right away. And um, yeah, it was really weird. But who knows if that had to do with grief stuff or what. Um, and yeah, so I ended up pregnant with my fourth then. Um, and I got on progesterone right away and I ended up, um, carrying her to 13 weeks, um, and miscarried her. Mm. And that was kind of a crazy, that was crazy <laughs> because, um, I didn't realize that it was like possible to have a full on labor with a miscarriage. <laughs> I had just heard of, you know, people that had miscarriages early and they just have some cramping and bleeding and, you know, and then it's kind of over, but, um, I actually had a full-on labor so when it started well so what happened was I found out that my baby had no heartbeat and um my midwife had told me you can have it at home if you want but if your body starts you know um rejecting this in a bad way you know starts um treating it as an infection or something you could get really sick so you just need to watch for those signs and so um one one day it was, had been about a week after I found out I started feeling sick and I was like, I am not going to the hospital. I had just kept praying and praying and praying that I could see this baby, have something to bury. Like I'm super visual mm. <laughs> person. And so I was just like, I just need to be able to like have something to bury. I need to see this. I need to have something. So I did not want to go in and get a DNC. Um, so when I started feeling a little bit sick, I just started like working out like crazy. I don't know if that was smart or not, but I just did like six workouts in a row and, um, it did, it put me into labor. I started labor and it did only last for a few hours, but, um, I remember it getting so bad at one point. I actually told my husband, I was like, I, I need to go to the hospital. Like I need an epidural. I told him and I've never, I had never had one, but I was just like, this is so bad and I'm not even getting any, anything out of it at the end. Like I need an epidural. And as I said that my water broke and then it was like immediate relief. And, um, so I got into the bathtub and then I started passing, um, clots and, um, then I had something come out, which I thought was the sack with the baby in it. And I started like, inspecting it and I found out after that it was just the placenta <laughs> but um yeah I was looking into it and I couldn't couldn't figure out what it was but I remember it you know shooting out really fast and hurting a little bit and the reason I said at the beginning you know with my first that I wonder if part of the tearing had to do with my placenta coming out so fast was because I actually think that I tore a little bit with this one and obviously with a miscarriage, you know, you're not going to dilate to 10. <laughs> and so I don't know the whole process of that. Like if, you know, what happens, how you dilate with that. But 
I'm sure it's not huge. And um, my placenta, you know, is the size of my hand. So that's um, a pretty big thing to just like be shooting out of you. <laughs> so um, yeah, I had some pain after that, but I did end up finding my baby. So that wasn't the sack. And I had kind of given up because I couldn't really see anything in the tub. And so I just kind of had given up and I started draining it. And all of a sudden, my sweet little baby was floating at the top. <laughs> and that was like, I was so thankful for that because I got to see her and, yeah. you know, be able to tell what she was and then get to bury her. Yeah. So that was super special. And um, the placenta pills, that's where these come in. <laughs> I had placenta pills from my third's birth. And so I used those then and they were so helpful. Mm, yeah. So helpful. So I like, so encourage everyone I talk to now. I'm like, I don't care if you plan on taking these when you have your baby or not, like get your placenta encapsulated and just keep them, just keep them for whenever you might need them. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard of people, you know, having it done and taking them, but I've never heard of anybody getting it done just to have it on hand. So yeah, that's some different cool advice to now know. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was so so helpful. Mm. So what do you think that it helped with? Um, well, just like the down feelings, mm -hmm. you know, the depression that was kicking in, um, and recovery too. You know, I it gave me more energy. I was losing so much blood that I feel like it just helped with my energy levels too. Mm, okay. So yeah, I'm like, where do I go from there? <laughs> then, um, <laughs> then I had, oh, I'm trying to think how long it was then. It would have been about another year, just under a year, um, till I was able to get pregnant again. And that was actually a big surprise because in that time I had dealt with a lot of, um, back issues and actually ended up on bed rest with my back issues. And I had been on this medication for my back or painkillers for my back that, um, I was warned about before I went on them that they could like destroy my fertility and, um, you know, at the time it was like, well, my husband was carrying me to the bathroom. So do I take these so that I can, you know, somewhat sleep maybe <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. get myself to the bathroom? Or do I just like sit here and not be able to function at all? So um, I was kind of faced with that decision and decided to take them, even knowing that, you know, I might not be able to have any more babies from it. Um so I did that and they also said, told me that I was dealing with these infertility issues and on this stuff, like you won't get pregnant. And if you did get pregnant, which is super unlikely that, you know, there's no way the baby would survive. And I wasn't really too worried about that because um, maybe TMI, but we weren't very active at the time because I was bedridden. <laughs> and so I was like, well, um, you kind of have to do stuff in order to get pregnant. So, <laughs> so um, I wasn't too worried about it. Well, anyways, by some miracle, 
one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all it takes. It's <laughs> oh, all it takes. <laughs> one time and I got pregnant, um, which I was not expecting. And I was, I was still bedridden when that happened. And I remember taking that test thinking like, there's no way. And I was pregnant and I just started crying. Like, I'm so thankful that I was able to get pregnant again, but what am I going to do? Like, I can't even hardly get up to go to the bathroom by myself. And I've been taking these painkillers. Like I probably killed this baby. Like I was just so, it was so many emotions packed into one. And, um, I quickly cut off those pain meds and, um, after about four or five days of, I couldn't sleep without, like I couldn't sleep. I was in too much pain. And I called my midwife and I said, I'm pregnant and I don't know what to do because I cut out these pain meds as soon as I found out I was pregnant, but I can't even sleep. And I haven't, I'm starting to get really sick. I haven't slept for four days and I don't know what to do. And she said, well, actually <laughs> it's probably worse for you to cut it completely cold Turkey. Um, so she's like, just down your dose as much as possible, but, and you know, we'll just work on weaning you off of it, but it's better that you're getting a little bit of sleep, um, you know, and taking this a little bit of it. And basically she was kind of saying like, whatever damage was to be done was already done. So, you know, we'll just keep an eye on one of the things that it really could affect is, um, the baby's heart. So we just kept an eye on the baby's heart. Um, Thankfully, through like lots more prayer, and then I found this treatment for my back, I was able to totally get off of them pretty quickly, actually, totally get off of the painkillers within a couple months. And, um, you know, checking her heart and everything, everything was like perfect, looked good. And the rest of my pregnancy went awesome. And everything went super, super good. Um, I did decide I had had my midwife up until I think I was 36 weeks, 34 or 36 weeks. I had my midwife and I was going to do a home birth and I had kept saying to her, I'm really scared to do this one naturally because my back, I'm so scared that if my back tenses up, you know, with the pain of labor that I'm going to th- go back to that bedridden <laughs> pain. And, um, I had talked to her and I had talked to my back doctor and just discussed it with a bunch of people. And we kind of decided that yes, even though the epidural was not ideal for like our more natural mindsets, that it might be more beneficial to have my back relaxed, um, while in labor. So did decide to go to the hospital and switched over to a midwife in the hospital who I loved. I loved this midwife in the hospital. She was awesome. And I was like, I wish she did home birth, (laughs) but, um, I was really thankful to find her. And I called my husband when I went into labor with my baby. And I said, he was working a few hours away and I just said, okay, I'm in labor. So just letting you know, like maybe come home tonight. You know, sometimes he stayed overnights working far away, maybe come home tonight or even in the morning, you know, (laughs) And he's like, well, you're in labor. I'll probably come home right now. And I was like, well, you know me, you know, you don't need to rush home. (laughs) Well, I have long labors. Don't rush. 
And he's like, well, you know what? I'm going to finish pouring this truck and then I'm going to come home. And I'm like, okay, whatever, you know? So he came home and he goes, I'm going to have a shower and then we're going to take you to the hospital. And I was like, I am not going to sit in the hospital for three days. Like, we're not going until this is serious. And he's like, no, I'm just going to go shower. So he goes shower and he comes out and he's like, all right, let's go. And I'm like, this is so dumb. You know, at this point I was having contractions like a minute apart and also 15 minutes apart. They were just all over the place. And he called the midwife and I think she was probably kind of rolling her eyes too. Cause she knew my history a little bit. And he's like, we're coming in. And by the time we got to the hospital, I didn't know if I could walk into the doors. <laughs> I was like, in pretty bad labor but um they got me on the bed and she checked me and I was at a five and I was like I knew it (laughs) we're gonna be here forever (laughs) I'm only at a five and he's like no you're fine just you know stay here so I said okay well you know what I came here for the epidural so get get me the epidural (laughs) so she said okay you know we'll start the fluids for an hour and then we'll give you your epidural I'm like okay so they got the fluids hooked up. And right as soon as they finished getting the fluids hooked up, I said, okay, I have to go to the bathroom. And she said, "Mm, let me just check you really quick. And she's like, uh, no, you're not going to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, you're having your baby. And I was like, what? (laughs) Um, no, where's my epidural? And she's like, yeah, no, it's time to, it's time to have your baby. And I was like, get me the epidural. And she's like, um, sweetie, I don't think that that's coming in time. <laughs> and I was so, my husband's like, this is awesome. You know, cause we had never gone that fast before. And I'm like, no, this is not the plan. <laughs> well, I put so much thought into this, you know, going to the hospital to get this. And then I'm like, it's the only reason that I went to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. And she was out within a couple pushes. And it was, it was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I was just like, my husband's just like, wasn't that awesome? And I'm like, no, (laughs) not awesome. Yeah. So then to get there and then, oh, just kidding. (laughs) Oh, I know. Man, that's crazy that your husband had that sense. Oh, I know. That's cool that he knew that it was like, nope, we got to go. I know. It was, <laughs> it's weird. It was weird. And my mom had planned on coming. She was actually um, in Minnesota from Canada. She was visiting and she was planning on being at the birth and <laughs> she didn't make it. She walked, she walked into the hospitals and they said, oh, um, congratulations, grandma. And she's like, oh, I think you have the wrong person. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way she had the baby already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but no, looking back, you know, it was awesome. And I'm so thankful that I didn't end up with the epidural because I never really wanted it in the first place. Mm, yeah. And um, so I was thankful. But, you know, right in the moment, it was like, no, this is what I decided. <laughs> so then how was your back after that birth? Um, It was actually good. And it's funny because... My back doctor had told me, you know, when I went and told him I was pregnant, I was like actually scared to tell him because I'm like, oh my, he's going to yell at me. <laughs> and um, he said, well, he thankfully he was a Christian doctor and he was just like, you know, what a blessing. This is another blessing. And um, he's like, well, here's what can happen. He said with how your um, discs are moving, he said, 
it will either push one way and you will lose all bladder and bowel function. And he said, or it will push the other way and you'll get better. And it pushed the other way. <laughs> wow. So that pregnancy was like actually a miracle in yes. <laughs> more ways than one, like all around. <laughs> yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Everything about it was like so perfect. And um, yeah, it was just, it was awesome. So she came, it was good. Um, recovery, recovery was good. I don't think I tore with her. So having um, had home births and then going back to the hospital, mm-hmm. um, how was your experience with that overall? Um, so, I mean, this hospital experience was better than my first for sure, but I still would have loved to be at home. Like, the whole time I was just, especially when I found out I could, wasn't getting that epidural, I was like, if I knew that this was gonna, if I knew this was going to happen, I never would have come to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole reason that you were there. <laughs> um, oh, man. But I mean, it was, you know, it ended up being, I ended up needing um, to go on pit after because I had bled out too much, which my midwife is trained for all of that stuff. So had I been home, she could have, you know, sent me to the hospital and I could have had all that stuff there, but it was, you know, somewhat of a blessing in disguise because I was already there. So then they dealt with that there. Um, but no, it was, yeah, I mean, it was good. And, um, then, um, what year was it, man? All these years of like, especially the last couple of years just jambled up together. (laughs) Okay. So in 2020, so it was a little, quite a while after I had that baby. Um, then I got pregnant again and lost that baby around eight, nine weeks. Um, and that was more, of you know, the typical miscarriage that you hear of, you know, like the cramping and bleeding and then kind of done. And I never found that baby. I found the placenta, but I didn't find the baby and um, buried that placenta. But and then it's yeah. Um going on two years later and still no pregnancy. So we're hoping and praying, but we've been blessed with lots, even if that's all we get. So, yeah, I like to think that, you know, God knows. And, um, you know, some people are, you know, do everything they can to make it happen, which, you know, isn't necessarily bad, but, um, I do believe, you know, God opens and closes the womb. So yeah, definitely. But then again, I know like if that's your desire, you know, I, I pray that he does give you the desire of your heart. Mm-hmm. So what about breastfeeding? Did you nurse your babies or how did you feed your babies? Yep. Um, so breastfeeding, um, I did with all of them. Um, Creo, I, so the first one I breastfed um, probably nine or ten months. Um, once I stopped breastfeeding him once I was like, so huge pregnant that I felt like I couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and the being on bed rest thing made it hard too. So, um, he was around, yeah, nine or 10 months, but he still had milk until I had my second because I had like an overabundance of milk. So I'd pumped so much that my freezer was like full. So he actually still had my milk for a long time. And then he would steal his sister's milk too. (laughs) once she came um but yeah he was around nine or ten months old 
Um, that was a horrible learning how to breastfeed. <laughs> it was, it did not come naturally for me. Um, and I deal with chronic mastitis. So that was, yeah, it was a nightmare. <laughs> it was really bad. And I had my first bout of it when he was in the NICU. So pretty soon after he was born. Um, so I just had, you know, like with it comes, you know, I had the chapped, obviously just starting nursing too, you know, the chapped nipples and chunks coming off. It was just, ugh. it makes me hurt thinking about it. <laughs> it was not fun. Um, and then the second wasn't quite as bad. I mean, I still have, you know, I think I'll probably always have my chronic mastitis. So I still had to be very careful of that. And, but I learned how to deal with it throughout the years. So, um, yeah. And then I, you know, pretty much had barely stopped nursing when I started my second. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like restarting really. Um, and then for my third I had stopped nursing. I had stopped nursing my second as soon as I found out I was pregnant with my third because I was like, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I'm not nursing through pregnancy again because I didn't like that. <laughs> um, I nursed him till probably a little over a year. And then I nursed um, Capri for probably closer to two years. So I have just one more question. Um mm-hmm. So you said that for your first baby, you um, wanted to have a home birth, but you had to obviously have that baby in the hospital. Um, What exactly drew you to home birth in the first place? Well, I think I had mentioned, well, I don't do any of the like, I don't do the vitamin K shot or the eye ointment or any of those. So that was one of the things because I knew how they treated that in the hospital. And I just wasn't really up for like the debating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that was one of the big things. And then um, I know kind of how, you know, like um, C-section happy they are at the hospital. You know, they're always excited to do C-sections. <laughs> and I wanted to try and avoid that. And I just wanted a more relaxed environment. Um, my mom had done home births with a few of hers. And I just kind of liked how that looked. So, yeah, it seems like a lot of people, especially for your first one, you know, it's like, nope, I want to go to the hospital. I want to get the epidural. I don't want to feel any pain. (laughs) You know, it's like all the things that um, seem kind of scary, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, so my that was another thing. I didn't want an epidural because I wanted to try it the first time without because I know how I am. And I knew if I got an epidural the first time, I would never do it again without (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to tough it out this first time to make sure I can do this. <laughs> and that was another thing. If I don't go to the hospital, then I don't have the option of getting it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so even when I got into the hospital, I told them, you write on that board right now, no ap- epidural. Nobody's allowed to ask me if I want an epidural at any point. <laughs> and I told my husband, if I say I want an epidural, you say no. <laughs> well, good for you for, you know, knowing what you want, especially because what you said you were like 19 when you had your first baby. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's really awesome because I feel like, you know, even some older women go into the hospital and um, they just, you know, go in and want to trust the doctor and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't really know what I want and I'll just kind of do what they say. And 
see how it goes. And, (laughs) you know, so that's really amazing that you knew like right off the bat, you knew what you wanted and you knew how to advocate yourself and you were going to have it your way. And that's really my passion. And the whole reason that I'm kind of doing this is, um, because I really want women to know that they have a voice, they can have it their way. And, um, you know, they can, they can do what they want and they're the one in charge. Because I know that a lot of times women go into the hospital not knowing what they want and just wanting to trust the doctor. And, you know, it's just something that I really just want women to know that they have choices and options and a voice. That's just so important to me. There's tons of good doctors and good nurses, but there's also so many that are just, you know, following protocol. And it's like, get you in, get you out next. And they don't listen to you. And so I think it's so important if you don't have that, like, I don't have too many issues with that because I'm a little bit hard headed (laughs) (laughs) and I don't, I'm not too scared to speak my mind um, and let people know how it's going to (laughs) go. So, but there's so many people that are not like that. And so I think it's so important if you're not like that to have someone there for you that can do that for you you tell them what you want like a doula um and they can help enforce that for you yeah yeah for sure because it's so easy especially you know especially if you're young or it's your first time and you're going in and they're telling you oh if you don't do this then you know you're gonna die your baby's gonna die or you know there could be this or this or that and it's like they'll just kind of bully you into following their protocol rather than like actually listening to what you want. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely just my passion. I just want women to know they have a voice and choices. And, um, you know, if their doctor is one of those doctors that is doing those things and, you know, bullying or whatever, um, you know, you have choices and you can really have the birth that you want, even in a hospital, um, you can have a beautiful birth and you can be in charge. Right. Um, obviously if your doctor is telling you something is wrong, you know, obviously listen to them <laughs> because, you know, they know they, they're the expert. But, um, a lot of times, you know, doctors just aren't well-versed in, um, natural birth. And if that's something that you desire, um, I know I had a doctor in my daughter's birth, um, that, you know, I really wanted to do it all natural. I didn't want an epidural and she like, completely demeaned me and was so condescending and made me feel so bad. And finally I was just like, Oh, like I, I just am scared. Like it totally put fear in me and it wasn't very encouraging or uplifting at all. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I think we have to like trust, (laughs) trust what we're being told in our heart too, you know? Yes, yes, exactly. And I believe that God gave women a crazy intuition to just know things and sense things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've heard a lot of people say that even, um, you know, if, if a woman is experiencing something that is, um, a upcoming emergency, like a lot of times the woman will notice it before the provider. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard of, you know, people having just this crazy weird pain and a nurse being like, Oh, you know, it's normal. You're in labor. And then no, like the mom was right. It was something. And, 
you know, it was an emergency. And I know a lot of people like to um, dog on midwives and say, like, you know, midwives aren't as knowledgeable or as skilled as right. a doctor. But um, really, midwives are just so highly trained to know and sense things as well and to listen to the mom um, to just really make sure that, you know, everything goes smoothly and no one wants, you know, a, an emergency or or to, to let something go unnoticed for sure. And if you have a midwife who is properly trained, <laughs> they're going to pick those things out, you know. They're going to be able to tell if you're losing too much blood and you need to get to a hospital. If you're, you know, they have things like my midwife has oxygen machines. She has all these, mm-hmm. all these things that they just think, you know, the midwife comes with like her bare feet and... <laughs> her her hands and she's like all right let's get this baby (laughs) like if you have a good midwife they are prepared and they know when to send you they're not totally against sending you to a hospital they want the best for you and like you said there are really good doctors out there um I actually I believe that my doctor is really amazing and I was actually just telling my sister in law the other day you know we were just talking about birth and and cause we both have the same doctor and I was like, you know, that Dr. Minto is like one in a million, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there aren't very many doctors like her. Um, and my sister-in-law was like, really? <laughs> but yeah, like it's so, so crazy. Like she actually listens. She gives informed consent. She is very respectful of choices. She always says, if you vaccinate, this is when you need to do this one. Um, she always says, if you choose to do this, you know, this is when you should do it. That's awesome. So I, that's really just, I know I'm, I sound like a broken record, but really that's just my passion and what I, what I hope that women learn and know that they have a voice, they are in charge right? and they can have a good experience, whether they're in the hospital or in a birth center or at home. Yeah. I just really want people to feel comfortable and safe, um, wherever that is that they choose to, to birth, you know? Mm-hmm. And in the hospital too, um, I think they get scared, you know, like if they, tell their doctor off or their nurse off then you know they're going to treat them like crap like you have the power to ask for someone else Mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of people don't even know that either right you know they think they're like in the hospital and they're under their control and it's like actually they work for you yeah (laughs) for sure um but yeah I think next time if I'm blessed with another baby I would love to try at home unassisted (laughs) That's something that I love hearing about too. (laughs) Um, So if you have another baby, you need to come back on and share that story too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories. And I loved to hear how you advocate for yourself. And that's going to be a huge encouragement to other moms. Um, Do you have any um, advice or any other resources maybe that you would like to share with another mom, maybe something that it's just a must, like something that they really need to have, whether it's physical, mental, um, postpartum, just anything that you feel like is, I can't go through pregnancy or birth without this. Um, I would just say, well, prayer first and foremost, mm-hmm. um, you know, being able to just talk to God and aside from that like he gives us so many answers if we're willing to listen (laughs) and 
So even, you know, even my thing that I was talking about with struggling about going to the hospital because I didn't want an epidural, but I wanted it for my bed. You know, I wasn't trusting fully that God would take care of that pain. And I felt like after I talked to him, I was okay going to the hospital, but he still protected me from that and made sure that I didn't have to get that epidural. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's not always going to go exactly the right way, but he knows what we need. And, um, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna work out. So I just think having, having God on your side would be my number one recommendation. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, and then just doing your own research, not just relying on, you know, even other, not relying on healthcare systems to tell you how you need to do it, but also not even just listening to other people, you know, it's nice to listen to other people and hear their stories and get their perspectives, but don't just listen because, you know, your mom and sister had this, you don't have to do that the same way. Mm, Yes. Mm -hmm. So going with what feels comfortable for you and doing your own research and learning from experience, you know, Well, thanks again for coming on and sharing your stories. And I can't wait for um, other moms to hear them. And I especially love um, how you just shared your wisdom on, you know, advocating for yourself and, um, you know, how to just make your own choices and do your research and just really, really being in charge and and owning your birth Mm -hmm. and having the power to do so. So that's something that I think will encourage a lot of other moms because we don't hear that a lot. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story. As a reminder, please rate and review our podcast and you can connect with us on social media at birth journeys podcast for more information or to share your own story. Please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire. See you next time.